I want to show you a trick mother showed me when you weren't around. Welcome to Spellburn, a podcast covering the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game and old-school adventuring. It's time to party like it's 1974. It's Halloween, and we have a great crew of horrible fanatics to torment and terrorize your eyes on Twitch and your ears on podcast. Welcome, Judge Steven, special guest host, Judge Brinkman, Judge Wolfman, and Judge Thorne Thompson. With a guest lineup like that, there's not much more to say. Except happy Halloween, trick or treat, and let's get rolling with this month's Spellburn. So, first things first, we've got a new um, email. I'm just going to mention it here once again at spellburnband at gmail.com. So, go ahead, drop us some letters. Uh, some electronic e-letters and do that kind of thing. And then also fun news. We're going to be on Twitch going forward, regular time, last Monday of the month, nine o'clock Eastern time. That's last Monday of the month, nine o'clock Eastern time. Check us out on Twitch on Goodman games, official Twitch. And uh, you know, the podcast will drop a few days after that, something like that. We got an introduction to a guy who needs no introduction. Judge Stephen Newton is one of the earliest pioneers of DCC third-party stuff with Attack of the Frogs, Haunting of Larvik Island, and like actually like too many, literally too many freaking adventures to mention. Um, his and then has also produced a ton of stuff for Goodman Games, including some seminal horror work. Like they drank Randall in red, creep scrag, creep scrag, creep, which is not the easiest thing to say. Uh, <laughs> and the corpse that love built in, and many more of those. So, welcome very much, Stephen. Thank you, Julian. Thank you for having me on the show. And Judge Jen, so good to see you again. Great to see you too, Stephen. Yes, we we had a we had a a late scratch for Judge Jen, a, a very late scratch for Judge Jen. So um, we are bringing in a different Judge Brinkman, who's uh, very uh, graciously agreed to step in. So thank you, Judge Bob. And- it's just a mask. They do great things with latex <laughs> and silicon these days. <laughs> Oh, so tell me, Judge Jen, who's who's really the better half? You know, I've asked this before, but uh, I've never really got a straight I answer am. on this. Oh, okay, well that's that's very good. There's that's that very good. I would have written a nice intro like Stephen got, but um, I didn't have time. So um, Judge Bob actually probably needs no introduction. Um, 
because he <laughs> does everything. Um, and you know him from Sanctum Secorum and um, many other things, skulls and crossbones and all, all that good stuff, um, including DCC horror adventures like Night of the Bog Beast. So this is going to be a horror triumvirate. And uh, thanks for being here, uh, Judge Gen 2. V2. We're going to call you Judge Gen V2. Um, okay. We're going to head over to the tavern and talk about gossip, what's going on with DCC, MCC, and so on. Judge Bob, go ahead and tell me what's up in your end of the world. Well, um, I'm, I've wrapped up everything for uh, Caverns of Thracia, which, which was announced. I'm like elbows deep in two projects that haven't been announced for Goodman Games. Uh, and recently I've finally gone full steam ahead on my guide to Lovecraftian short films. So I've cataloged about 1500 Lovecraftian short films, probably going to put about a thousand in the book. And so that is, uh, that's been keeping me busy. So a horror show is great because I am living and breathing horror right now. <laughs> well, that's awesome. When, when is, do you know when that's going to come out? And I'm, I'm hoping to have it out in time for next year's Lovecraft film festival in October. Does it have a working title? Not yet. I'm I'm more worried about contents right now than uh, mm. than the mm. exterior. Cool, cool. Well, great to hear. You got to uh, let us know when that comes out so we can uh, give it a shout when we get there. Um, Judge Stephen, maybe one of the best costumes ever on the Spellburn Twitch. Well, Thanks. thank you. Yeah, thanks for the spirit of uh, Halloween. I I appreciate that. Uh, what is going on in your neck of the woods out in the West coast out on the West coast. So out on the West coast, I recently ran a couple of games at big bad con in San Francisco, which was a lovely little convention. Good time out there. Um, I've been prepping the 10th anniversary printing of attack of the frogs, which is so late that it will come out on the 12th anniversary. <laughs> um, but nice. we had COVID and all that. It's going to have a bonus epilogue adventure by Judge Joan Destroyer. So I've been nice. editing and playtesting that. So long story about that one for another time. And I recently finished up uh, turning in by Mitra's Bones Meet Thy Doom, which is a Dark Tower adventure, which is going to be shipped with the OAR version of Dark Tower. So that was a really fun project to be able to spend some time in Mitra's fist and all that. Well, nice. Nice. Very good. Um, yes, very good. And a good segue that is going to bring me to mention, um, we do have some GoFundMe's. I want to give a shout out. I'm a little bit late actually. However, better late than never. Um, we do have a, a three of our uh, friends in the community, who uh, could use some help. And actually, they've got a lot of help already, which I'm happy to say. Uh, Reed Sanfilippo from America's Survival Guide um, has a GoFundMe. I'll put that. Uh, I'll put all of these in our show notes, of course. Um, Jess McDevitt, member of our uh, Goodman Games family, of course. Um, you know, jack of all trades, customer service. Many of you have interacted with her if you bought stuff and emailed with questions and all kinds of stuff. Uh, obviously a great person uh, in terms of helping people out. And um, also Janelle JKs has had some issues and is also uh, got a GoFundMe going. And uh, where would you even start in talking about her um, contributions to gaming 
since the seventies. I mean, uh, just literally a legend. And, uh, and of course we're deep into, you know, dark tower and other stuff. So, um, uh it's it's great um go ahead and give those guys some love and also special congratulations in the uh, do-gooder column to Corey welch edwin nagy and others of cast of uh, a dozen uh good guys who ran a teagle manor crazy event at gamehole con it raised five thousand bucks for the american cancer society so good job guys um i will just mention really quick uh my gossip i got crawl magazine number 13 deathmatch which has a pvp modeled on like quake and other video games after we talked about with dak a couple months ago uh it's terrific thank you reverend dak for the uh the hard copy with my cool errol otis background i don't think i can really i don't know if i can i can't really show it um I also got uh, Prison of the Forsaken Bear God sent to me from um, Space Penguin Inc. Um, and that was, it's really fun. It's, an, it's a uh, standalone third party adventure from Space Penguin, which is uh, Judge Jarrett's new, guy, uh, new uh, publishing venture. And uh, it, was, uh, it was actually really, uh, really neat. I uh I loved it. It has uh it a little hex crawl thing and it gets I think a little more dungeony at the end. The uh one thing that I noticed about uh both Prison of the Forsaken Bear God and the Crawl 13 the death match uh issue is they both are done in kind of a uh little bit of a uh, more of a OSE, old school essentials kind of bullet point uh, style of describing the encounters and going uh, block by block. So I, I thought that was interesting that that's kind of percolated into some of our third party stuff. I don't know if people like that or don't like that. Um, it, for in my, you know, by my uh, thing, it made me kind of be like, oh, this would be really super easy to just pick it up and, and drop it in and play it. So I, I kind of like it. Uh, but that's by Stella Condry, of course. And uh, she was on her show a couple, three three months back or something like that. Anyway, a lot of fun. Um, and I played a great game of Die, Robot, Die, which was is a, like a play test for a crazy robot funnel thing that they're doing as part of the crazy third-party purple planet uh, thing. So the, uh, that, in case you're not aware, they're doing a huge call for third-party products for this purple planet venture I probably shouldn't say too much because I don't even know that much about it. Bob or somebody probably knows way more than me, but it sounds cool as hell. They're going to have a bunch of uh, third-party content for Purple Planet. I assume they're going to republish some stuff, and uh, that should be pretty neat. The Purple Planet uh, reprint, by the way, according to Harley, is going to have the complete glossography. I mean, ever since it came out, we've all been hunting down the individual pages, trying to collectively you know, crowdsource the whole thing and never succeeded. Now the whole thing is going to be in the new volume. Oh, very so nice. That's very nice. Excellent. All right, guys, let's, why don't we bring in our guest and then the four of us will go deep uh, with that eminence before we descend down into the crypt. Uh, for you know who. So uh, why don't we step away? We'll bring in our first guest and we'll be right back.
With us, we've got Judge Thorin, we've got Judge Bajen, and we've got Judge Stephen. I've got here three people who have done the DC horror, uh, DCC horror. So uh, this is this is kind of the uh, the dream team right here to talk about the horror genre. Um, and I, you know, I'm going to kick it off, and I'm going to throw one to Stephen to start with. Actually, I'm going to ask you guys all to talk about this. With I'm going to go Stephen, Bob Thorne. How does horror work in DCC? It's obviously we deem it successful enough that it has its own line of, you know, because we've got DCC horror. Okay. So, and I think they serve Brandel and Red was the first one. I mean, Stephen, did you think, did we think that that was, that was before there was a horror line at all? I think originally, right? That is correct. Um, I had started working with Joseph. I wanted to write for Goodman Games. And um, while I would never do this today, at the time, he asked me to come up with an, an Appendix N author that I wanted to emulate. And I went back and I'm like, well, I didn't do that, but I wrote this ghost story adventure. And he's like, oh, the timing's good because I was thinking about doing a Halloween adventure. So that's how that came about. Um, hmm. And so that was like, they were they were called the Halloween line, I think the first three years, and then they became the horror line. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, so the question is, what? so if I had to simplify it, I would say a lot of RPGs, like the traditional old school RPGs, it would, it would be considered heroic adventure. You know, there's like big foe, but it's a lot of sword and sorcery. And for me, a horror adventure um, invokes more of a sense of dread, uh, maybe some moral ambiguity, fear, isolation. So I, I would try to bring those elements into the adventure um and then of course there's always just the common tropes and i'm sure we'll all talk about uh who we've stolen from when we wrote our adventures uh but if you have something that feels really familiar as it relates to an iconic horror monster that's that's an easy way to get that horror feel mm-hmm. bob what do you what do you think what's what is What's the difference between a regular DCC game, which can, you know, an adventure, let's say, which they can be pretty horrific in their own right. I think of, uh, you know, even sailors with a crazy lake monster and, you know, uh, plenty of horror touches. But, uh, you know, the DCC horror line itself, if we're talking about horror specific adventures. Well, I think a, a large portion of the difference really is the thin line of the differences in the telling. Right, because because you're right. Sailors on the Starless Sea, with with just with just a little bit of a nudge from the judge here or there, or stressing certain descriptors, is a horror adventure. Um, it's it's all about building that atmosphere and that dread. And the nice thing with the horror line is we've already concentrated on that part. We've brought that forward, right? Uh, but. But it exists in most of the DCC adventures to begin with. I mean, people of the pit—that's mm. that, you know—that's that's creepy as it is. Um, Daniel J. Bishop wrote um, "Silent Nightfall." Oh, that one. Okay, and that one—I mean, that's that's a flat-out horror adventure, at least in my opinion. That those owl people just gave me the creeps. Um, It's—it really is. It's 
how you talk about things, how you describe things, and and carry that vibe forward to the players. Hmm. So that's really that's an interesting point. So because I uh, this is not in our notes or anything, but you could actually probably make almost any adventure a horror adventure if you really set it up right, try to keep that tone. You probably have to have the players buy in, you know, depending a little bit as well. Yeah, but it's like uh, you can go on YouTube and people remix your movie trailers all the time. They put the dark, creepy music in and all of a sudden it's a functioning trailer for a horror film that you'd be interested in seeing. It's it's just about the atmosphere and the, the horror line makes sure that we bring it forward and, and provide it in a nice, nice, easy to uh, to project chunks. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Thorin, tell me about, I want to talk about It Consumes, but I also want to talk about um, Sky of the Crimson Flame, your first, I think your first adventure, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of a horror adventure too, I would say. You've got, uh, it's pretty horror-y. I mean, yeah, there's, there's uh, you know, children head bats flying around and a lady without her skin. I'd say it's uh, it's along the lines of horror. <laughs> I mean, do you, yeah, do you, uh, is there any difference for you? Did you think of when you did It Consumes, did you say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I mean, I'm going to tell you what I think is different about it in a minute, but what did you say, I've got to do something more horror for when I do It Consumes? Uh, I mean, I actually went the opposite direction uh, since It Consumes is based off very much uh so the uh the campy film of the stuff so um where larry cohen for the win whereas the horror is uh in in sky of crimson flame is um hellraiser-esque you know evil mm. dead sort of gory stuff um it consumes it's 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 horrible in a light-hearted sort of way um even like the, the spoilers even one of the bad guys is uh isn't even like he's not trying to like rule the world or anything he's just he just wants money you know like his whole scheme is greed um which is a, a part of you know the movie the stuff as well hmm. um <clears throat> but the stuff wants to rule the world hmm. so um you know there is some body horror and stuff that is included in that obviously um that's that's kind of where i go towards for whatever reason is weird body horror stuff um but yeah, so I, I they're opposite ends of that horror spectrum. Those two adventures, for sure. Got it. What um, I was um, I was going to ask. I I'm going to have to give some spoilers. Um, so it's, it's been out for a while. Yeah, should have read it already, people. Exactly. So <laughs> so I'm going to suggest to you guys, all of you, at the same time. And Stephen, I think touched on it a little bit with isolation, and I forget if you said helplessness, but. I think one of the big things uh, about, um, especially as I think of It Consumes and also one of my favorite Steven adventures, uh, creep, Creeps Greg Creep, except for saying it. I love everything about that adventure except saying it. Um, but so one thing I'd say is fairness, right? Um, there are things in both of those adventures that... Um, are not entirely fair to in, in the sense we I mean you know because RPGs are games and uh, again spoilers you've been warned um, 
the in it consumes there is an element of contract cards where you're passing out uh you know little notes to the players and saying okay here's what you've got to go and do this thing in this mine or whatever and uh, one player gets a he is the traitor he's the bad guy it's betrayal at hill house or whatever right and and his secret card is like you're the bad guy you got to make the other players do the bad stuff and and uh you know consume the stuff right which is obviously not entirely fair to that player although i mean you you know anyway you have to pick the right guy every every group has a person for that right? I mean, that's technically an optional thing that right you can do, but yeah but it's pretty great. I mean, everybody's going to give it to like, <laughs> me or Trevor or somebody in my in my gaming group. But anyway, or uh, you know, and in Creep, Greg Creep, and I this might be true of Sky of the Crimson Flame that I've never run it. But looking at your sort of notes in the intro, um, Thorn, you know, they're basically really freaking hard adventures. I mean, Creep, Greg Creep for a funnel is freaking really deadly. Um, yes. And I think Agreed. it's deadly. I mean, it's <laughs> deadlier than other funnels, Stephen. Is it isn't it safe to say you're trapped on a ship with multiple um giant, you know, lizard guys and they're going to eat your face. All all 16 or 20 of your faces at some point. Yeah, are we are we are we rich with spoilers now? We're ri- I mean, yeah, spoiler spoiler spoiler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, um yeah, so it's alien on a boat. Um Yeah. And when I when I wrote it I actually got permission. I'm like, look, my intent here is to, instead of having the big boss fight at the end, is to have a boss that can't be killed, essentially. And I put in all these mechanics, so you can't really trap the monster, or you can't do this. I mean, that monster's going to stalk you through the entire adventure. So the gimmick, if you will, is at some point the players have to figure out they're going to die on here unless they figure out a way to escape. So that was the the twist on that one. But yeah, you're right. If you if you go into it with traditional thinking of I'm going to fight this big bad guy at the end, you'll you'll get a TPK. It's and you're not really I don't I mean it's been a while since so I ran that like two or three times in the COVID virtual era. But mm-hmm. um it's not you're not spoon-fed the way to kill the thing if I recall. It's it's there, but it's not um you know, you know how it is. Hints can be really hard and really or easy or in the middle. And I'd say it's not super hard, but um, it's not like, you know, oh, there's a note that there's a silver bullet over there. And, you know, right. that kind of uh, that kind of the, thing. There's a couple of letters in there. But, yeah, the the biggest tell, if you will, is that you keep getting attacked by the thing. And by the second, it, it's growing in size and power each time. So mm. it shouldn't take you too long to figure out, man, if I face this guy a fourth time, it's going to be Godzilla. Mm, right, right. We, we do need a Godzilla adventure. Right. Not uh, not to be confused with yeah. our next guest, Wolf Manzilla, um, which <laughs> anyway, we'll get there in a minute. Um, I just want to mention special shout out to a Web of All Torment, which is also unfair in the sense that bad things happen in an inn and the players just start out in the inn like there's no agency, there's no nothing like you know, oh you're in an inn and now bad things are happening to you, which I you know, but which it's a horror. So you know, at some point you're like, well you know, I've either signed my players up to play a horror game or they've signed up to play a horror game or whatever, and you know, I'm just doing this to you. Like you wouldn't necessarily want to drop it in a campaign, but if you know, you sign up for creeps, 
Greg Creeper web of all torment and a con, you, you know what you're getting into more or less. Right. And I think the horror genre gives you that. I mean, if you go to see a horror movie, you're going to see horrible things done to people. If you, you know, play a DCC horror game, you may not have quite as much agency as you'd normally have. Is that a fair statement? Uh, do you want to take this one, Bob? I've got an opinion, but you know, you know, I think I think you have just as much agency as as you you do normally, right? I mean, you show up to a table, you've agreed to play the adventure that's being run, and uh, so I, I don't think there's a, a loss of agency so much as your expectations shift drastically from I'm going to run around and kill things to oh my god, I need to survive. Uh, I, I think uh, one of the adventures that best hit me with that feeling was the sinister sutures of the semptress. And, you know, if you think, you know, creep, scrag, creep is hard, uh, that that's a tough one. And I mean, that's like a fifth or sixth level adventure. We were playing it with our campaign characters and I was afraid for my character's life. Um, it, as it should be right for a horror adventure. That's, yeah. That's where the real horror comes in is characters. You actually care about going right, through you know, one it's, of these it's, adventures. Yeah, it's not like you're playing Tomb of Horrors with pre-gens and a shredder. You're, you're, these are the characters you've built to that level. Yeah. But it, it really is that, that kind of that, – that atmosphere changes your thinking. Uh, just like you know, Stephen was saying, it's, it's not a matter of we're going to kill this monster. It's how are we going to survive this monster? Yeah. Yeah. No I, no, I totally get you. Stephen, what, what, what was your you, – what's your smart – Alec remark going to be exactly here. I want to hear. Well, it was actually very similar to Bob's. It's um, I don't think horror adventures take away the player agency, although a lot of my horror adventures start with like, read some intro text, roll for initiative, and you're already deep into the action. Um, but there's there should not be an expectation of survivability in a horror adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've signed up for horror, then there's I, I think there should be there's a, a better chance of, and obviously funnels are one thing because you never expect survivability in a funnel but like even the first level second level adventures that are horror adventures you you should probably think that there's a better chance than most that your character will come out or not come out um the way they went in mm-hmm. all right we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up but before we do thorn i want i want to get your other thoughts and I want to know what else is coming up for Owl Night or what you're doing with Goodman, et cetera. Um, yeah. So uh, with Owl Night, um, the production for the second printings of Sky of Crimson Flame and Blights of Eastern Forest are uh, have begun. And so I'll start shipping that um, hopefully by early December. And uh, <clears throat> I've been working on the the title I teased stupidly. Uh, during the first printing, <laughs> which is Seekers of the Other Worlds, um, mm. which is going to be a semi-sequel to Sky of Crimson Flame, where you finally take care of that necromancer that, you know, uh, split his soul and whatnot in Sky. And um, it's a it's a multiverse hopping uh, adventure that uh, might rival DCC 100 by the time I'm done writing it. Um, so why I Eight spinners? What? Eight spinners? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's like five adventures in one, basically. Um, but you may not go to all five of these other worlds because something might happen and skip you to Act 3 or whatever. 
Um, so I've been torturing myself for years trying to get this out and written. And um, so that's the big project. And then I got a couple other things I want to pitch to Goodman and we'll see if they get picked up. But uh, the benefits of having your own publishing company is you can just do it yourself. So do your stuff. Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Well, I love it. Well, th Judge Thorne, thank you for stopping by the Spellburn. I appreciate it. Thanks for um, having me. And it's great to hear from you. And I want to say, um, a wise wolf once told me, puking is great in horror stuff. And uh, as I was looking back over the stuff, I saw much puking, including the cover of the stuff, you know, has the statue puking up the stuff. Was so, you know, perfect. Mm -hmm. And uh, Puking is horror. Horror is puking. So that's, I just want to leave everybody with some, you you thought Mike and Brendan were giving you all this good stuff on keep on crawling, but uh, you know, you heard it on Spellburn. Puking is horror. Horror is puking. I mean, the exorcist need I say more. All right. Uh, we're going to descend down into the crypt. So we'll need to step away just for a moment. And we'll be right back. Why have you let these creatures into my crypt? We have some kind of Brinkman and some kind of Dog Steven. This is oh, this is a charming costume, actually. I'm a sucker for cute puppies and, and things like that. Don't tell anyone. Welcome to the Crypt of Email. We're actually getting into uh 2023 but first we're gonna go back with a genuinely undash dead email from judge stephen murish that's not you judge steven that's somebody else i miss google plus in google workspace formerly google apps there is a feature called currents which is google plus but limited to the organization I'm seriously considering forming a nonprofit for the support of RPGs called the Recreational Arts Collective. And as a nonprofit, I would have access to a basic version of Google Workspace for free with a 100 user limit. This means we could have an environment very much like old DCC RPG G Plus group, but with the restriction of being limited to 100 users. They would have access to all kinds of stuff from Google Workspace meetings without time limits, jam boards, Google Docs, etc. There would be space available for storing images and docs, and certainly people can link to outside resources. What do peeps think? You think something like this would be worthwhile? Could we recapture the magic? Would the user limit prove too exclusionary? Well, Thank you, Stephen, for your email from way back in the days of 2021. A true undead email about a true creature from the grave, namely G+. Too soon. Uh, yes, too soon, sorry. Uh, Stephen, Judge Stephen, you think you know so much with your puppy costume. What do you have to say about this? Well, um, thank you, Crip Paper, and you're looking lovely as ever. Um, uh, this email, I think, is so 
uh, weathered that I believe two of the products, including Google Currents, has since been end of life, much like yourself. Um, so Google Currents is no more. Uh, Jamboards, I believe, was officially retired um, a couple months ago. Uh, but the intent is good. And if memory serves, I think Judge Stephen, other Judge Stephen, actually did create a wiki um, a couple of years ago. So he may have actually started this up. Um, but like anything, you want to go where the material is. So I say Godspeed, use whatever products are still out there and grab the people, and bring them over there. I think the community is thirsty for that sort of fellowship. Well said, Judge Bob. Do you have anything you want to add? You know, I I, I think uh, we're all still pained and grieving the loss of G+, and nothing has really quite filled the void. I mean, the Facebook group is is really solid. It, it's got great folks. Um, you know, when G+, went under, people had hopes for MeWe, and that just never really materialized, and Ello and all these other things. It, it's just a question of, of finding the right space again. And uh, we'll always have G+. Oh, very well put, very well put. Your heartbreak is my food, mortals. All right. Look, we have a not-so-undead not email. This one is only eight months old from the greatest Spellburn emailer of all. DM Kojo. Now look, I know how it is with the living. You like to talk and talk and talk and talk. We're going to look at his suggestions and we're going to give a lightning round, thumbs up, thumbs down, maybe 10 words or less opinion on each of them. Are you ready? Ready. Very good. Greetings, exalted burners of spells. DCCRBG has so many fantastic mechanics that enhance the feel of the game, but one of my favorites is the dice chain. You should see the way my players' eyes light up when I tell them to roll a D24 to hit instead of their usual D20. You should mention their heartbreak when it's a D14. <laughs> Over the years, I've tried to implement the dice chain more frequently as a judge. I have adopted a rule of cool philosophy regarding the dice chain. Here are some examples of interesting things that have led to movement along the dice chain at my tables. Okay, gentlemen, here is your moment. Number one, a PCR monster who endures a critical hit may be moved down the dice chain on their next attack, depending on the result on the critical hit table rule. Steven? Yes, no. Am I? Yeah. Agree. Thumbs up, thumbs do it. Down. You do oh. it. Judge Bob. I like it. Make crits even deadlier. I say no monster. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If it applies equally to PCs. Yes. As long as it applies to both. As long as that's fair to the monster. Yes. Very good. Crits should be deadlier, deadlier, deadlier. Okay. Although next, I would say with a spoiler alert, our next guest has a permanent injury table, which I would prefer to moving up and down the dice chain. So that kind of equivocating is only done by the living. <laughs> Number two, a cleric will move down the dice chain. If they're trying to do something that may not be favored by their deity, in addition to possible disapproval, or they could move up the dice chain if they're doing something that their deity particularly likes. 
like turning up. I don't even want to talk about that. It's okay. Never mind that word. Um, anyway, uh, what do you think? Steven? I'm going to give that one a no. That one's a little too, little too squishy for me. I like wow. the uh, disapproval rules. I like it because it balances out the fact that, you know, wizards have spell burn and clerics can only spell burn in like very certain situations. But I think just turning is not enough. It needs to be, if you're going to go up the dice chain, it's got to be spectacular. Mm, I'd say don't. Well, yes, I'd say anything that disadvantages a cleric is good. I hate clerics. I hate them. I hate them so much. Hate <laughs> them. Number three. Any PC can move up the dice chain if they can link their zero-level occupation to the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, hunters trying to track an animal in the forest. Beggar trying to convince the town. Email zombie trying to eat the brains of a small village child. Uh, uh, oh, that's not on the list. A healer trying to find something useful. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, you get the idea. Steven. This one I like. I'm going to give you this one. I like this a little bit more than trained versus untrained action die. So thumbs up. Bob. See, I'm going to go thumbs down for exactly exactly the, the opposite reason. I prefer trained versus untrained to D10 versus D20 as opposed to just one small bump. Right? I mean, that is that is quite a few steps up the dice chain for uh, for trained if you can tie it into your occupation. I mean, that's how the skills work. I say yes, but only because the the actual rule is always forgotten, and people let people do all sorts of things on a d20 that they shouldn't be able to do when they should be rolling a d10. And if people implemented it right, it would be better. But if since they never do, then allowing people to go up the dice chain is probably more fair. Ah, I don't know. It's mostly because you're all drinking beer. How I miss beer when I was alive. <sighs> okay, number four. Trying to do anything physical during adverse conditions could lead to moving down the chain. Climb a rope on a... This is obvious, right? Everybody agrees with us, right? Anytime you're do, climbing a rope on a windy... Is there anything to say? This is a yes, right? This is a yes. This is great. Absolutely. Um, dice chains are more interesting than plus one or plus two bonuses. Yahoo! Totally agree. That's what makes DCC. Okay. A distracted opponent, number five, could lead the attacker to move up uh, a distract. Oh, right. A distracted opponent, because they're distracted, could have the attacker might move up the dice chain to attack them on their attack round. So some disadvantage, essentially. It's disadvantage for DCC, right? Is what they're saying. Oh, man, I liked it until you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I look forward to the day that 5e is like me on Jet. Okay, well, enough said. Uh, But what do you think? Steven? Same applies. I I think playing with the dice chain is always more interesting than just negative or plus one or two bonuses. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Bob? I, I agree. You know, if you're being attacked by four people, you're going to be distracted while at least two of those people are attacking you. I, I think it's a, a great, easy mechanic to represent that. Very, very good. Kojo, great emailer. I have feasted once more on your emails. Keep them coming. And remember to email the band at 
Spellburnband at gmail.com. I can't have the dead email. I must say the living email, though it hurts me. I'm not sure how I feel about having the living in my crypt. So if anybody wants to tell us what you think of that, feel free. Alana, take these people back to the land of the living. All right. Uh, sorry, apologize. I didn't give the usual uh, terror warning, um, you know, to people who are about to descend into the crypt like I normally would. But, uh, you know, I, I guess Bob and Steven survived. Glad to see you guys made it out alive. As you can see, I'm far too important to risk my neck down in the crypt. Um, but it's good to have you back. So uh, thanks. And we've got a very special guest also joining us. Um and it is Wolf Manzella, who is uh, the author of one of my favorite uh, DCC products. Uh, I guess we'll call it a zine. It is entitled Macabre, Volume 1. I'm one of the people who doesn't pronounce the R Macabre. I'm just saying. Not everybody I believe okay, anyway. that's the correct way to say it. Well, it's the French way of saying it. Macabre. So, macabre. But anyway, um, so... Uh, welcome, Wolf. Uh, very good to have you. And uh, you know, uh, you not everybody is seeing Stephen's excellent um, kind of puppy costume. And Wolf has come without a costume, just as the Wolf Man that he is. Um, so, uh, very, very nicely done uh, on that. Um, thank you, thank you. So, so tell me, um, tell me about how you came up with the Macabre project. Uh, well, first, I want to say uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's kind of been a DCC dream to appear on Spellburn. So, um, bucket and list it, for me. Check that yeah. off. <laughs> and I bet you never thought you'd have a real zombie on the show on, on top of that. The Halloween show, of all things. this is It couldn't be any better. It's apropos. Um, but to answer your question, um, this little, little zine right here... Um, I kind of saw, I was inspired by two things. It was crawl. Um, I wanted to have a one word sort of zine that mm. uh, had a powerful thing. So macabre and um, uh, read with the, uh, the America stuff was really, mm -hmm. really inspiring to me. That was the two main like inspirations for me just being like, I can do this. The uh, uh, You mean the original like crawling under broken moon stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, yeah. I know that that stuff is very, very brilliant stuff. Absolutely, it was so good. And I think for me, I just saw. I love horror, obviously. <laughs> I hope that's apparent. Um, and I just sort of saw this like little hole. Uh, there was a Transylvania Adventures um, that came out. Um, right, right. A long, long time ago. But I, in that sort of its own thing, right? That's kind of almost like the, like the Ravenloft, like gothic horror thing, which I very much, hopefully, like try to explain in this zine is not really what I'm about, because it's been done and it's been done really well. 
Um, yeah, I so so I want to uh, I want to hit two things here, and I want you all to weigh in on this, please. Um. So, well, I, I'm sorry. The first point that I'm going to say, which is in that, I think it's Scott Mathis, isn't that right? Who did the yeah uh, yeah yeah. And uh, it's a it's a pretty interesting book. It was one of the very, very, very first things that came out when DCC did. And uh, I mean, like in the first year, like I think it must have been in process before the actual rule book was published. Um, but, you know, I think there's something in there in the in that book, as I recall, saying, you know, I this is not a true horror game. It's a DCC game that has horror elements in it. You know, and I, I think sometimes there is a little bit of a tension between something that's actiony and D and D ish and uh, has turning and heal magical healing and stuff versus the horror thing. Um, I mean, can 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 a D and D ish derived game like DCC be as horrible as a as a quote unquote finger quotes true horror game, Bob? You're, yes. you're, you're a Call of Cthulhu guy, right? I gave I gave one of my Bog Beast playtesters nightmares, so I'm going to say yes. Um, again, it's it's the material; it's it's not the system. Um, yes, D- DCC um, and and Wolf actually addresses it really well in Macabre when he's talking about you know he doesn't like if oh you fail you fail a roll and so now you're afraid. Um, and and it, it really will you you address that great um, Thank you. it's it's one of those things where it doesn't matter if the characters can be made afraid if the players are creeped out the characters will follow and uh and, and that's really the key with with any system yeah, I mean, when you when you know you have four zeros and you're fighting like an eight foot giant fish lizard creature trapped on a boat, you're like, "What are we going to use harsh language?" You know, like well, you know, you, your guys don't have to make a will save to not be scared, right? Because you know you're freaking going to die. Well, and gonna- while Mister Mathis was saying this isn't really a a horror system, um, I ran the. There's one published adventure for it. Mm-hmm. I forget the title off the top of my head, but I ran it. And I ran it for free RPG day. I had more than a full table. So all the pregens came with male and female versions. I used them all. So I had double the party size. And it was my first ever TPK since I started running games in the 70s. Um, so, you know, we were talking about that whole expectation of survival going out the window. Transylvania Adventures certainly hit that hard, although it did help that the party split in three directions. Um, but... It, it's a it's a solid system. Also, you know, I've talked to Scott. Um, he released pretty much everything under Creative Commons. If anybody wants to to release further adventures for it, they can. Hmm. So that's that's something to consider. But I think for my money, and I was one of the one of the people that was first on my block to have a copy, a cop's way to go. Hmm. Yeah, it's, he'd be a great Spellburn guest someday, maybe. So, hmm, interesting thought. Let's talk. Stephen, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I think that making the argument that D and D derived games can't be horror games not going to get very far with you. But um, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. you um, 
anything you can use. And I think what Wolf's zine does spectacularly is give you a bunch of tools to help you make your players afraid. So there's not one tool fits all. So, you know, you can start with mood, you can start with atmosphere, you can start with different creatures, but at the end of the day, and if you fall else fails, you can puke, but you know, (laughs) the, it's, it's a great toolbox of these are some of the tricks that you can help to put your players on edge. I want to say there, there is a quote in here that talks about the optional tools for, um, using you know there, there's all these optional rules and they're really pretty great but um i think the very last thing in that little section is you know if all else fails use puking puking is always awesome it's like a uh, bonus tip when in doubt puke an absurd <laughs> amount of puke everyone hates puke and uh yeah i mean i think uh thorin took that to heart he may have not have known it but i mean he he knew that he intuitively knew that right he's deep a, down he knew he of course he knew he's a he's a horror guy too um wolf terrific optional rules um Thank you. and my favorite one is bad things that happen to you when you die right why not tell tell us a little about that please so that one came about with like Evil Dead, any any sort of movie like that, right? It's um, zombie movies, anything. You go down, and basically I tell the judge, um, anytime there's a dead body, that's just another resource for you to, uh, to harness. I think having to deal with people that are in your party and deal with them as some sort of malevolent force, um, some sort of trickster... Something that can just freak the party out, uh, aggravate them, get under their skin a little bit. Um, why not do that? That's that's always fun, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I no, and I a lot of this kind of struck me in a in a good way. I don't know if everybody would like it as I did, but um, I felt like there was a thematic callback to the old second edition uh AD&D second edition Ravenloft set right because and you sometimes refer to the setting as Necrovania which you talk mm-hmm. about in some of the setting part in the back of more in the back of the, the second right. part of the book right um but it's a little bit Necrovania can be kind of different things right the judge can you know they, yeah. it's more of a toolbox probably than a you know than a hex crawl that's really set out you know piece by piece Sure. Um, but it had, but Necrovania has that sort of things where the land is evil and extra evil things are happening to the characters um, because the land, you know, the very realm is evil, right? The realm of terror, as they used yeah, to say. It, that, all, right? it all stems from the center. So my my background, it's when I came up with the idea for the book, part of it was my love of trashy horror movies i love stuff i love trauma stuff oh yeah um thorin did um it consumes which the stuff larry cohen love love that's basket case uh frankenhooker that's my jam i love really weird <laughs> i call myself a, a sommelier of cinematic trash um and i think if you're going to steal stuff for horror that's where you go go with the weird like stuff that nobody knows about Go get like Blood Diner or um, something from like the Wizard of Gore. Just something really weird and off, you know, like 
that your average person at a table is not going to know. You're just you can basically steal it one for one because most people have never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but big the other big thing for me is video games. So um, big thing is Legend of Zelda, which has nothing to do with horror, but I think about Hyrule. And every time you play a new Legend of Zelda game, Hyrule is completely different. You have mm. the Breath of the Wild stuff, which is kind of like post-apocalyptic. Um, you have, uh, what's the the cartoony one where he's like a pirate? That's like my favorite one. I can't think of the name of it. Um, Wind Waker. It's like piratical adventures. Um, so that was my thought, was like everyone that's going to play in Macabre, you're going to play in Necrovania. Um your style of horror, whether it be like weird Dario Argento uh, Italian splatter stuff, oh yeah, dream oh, yeah. atmosphere, yeah, even slashers, gothic horror, whatever you want it to be, make it. That's your version of Necrovania. That was my my goal that I was trying to push across, and I hope it came across in the zine. Um, is that it's like what's interesting to you, and I think you should have like one thing be the primeval. You can have a lot of different horror. Um, but make sure that there's the the castle itself is like if you want to have like an Evil Dead setting, um, make sure that the evil coming out of Castle Necrovania in the center of this realm is um, one very particular type of of horror and focus on that um, for for most of your uh, sessions and then feel free to sprinkle in some killer clowns from outer space uh, when you get bored. I, th- I think yeah and. As we've been talking about the things that can go wrong and the stuff that can pop up in Necrovania, you know, I, I'm my thinking is is keying in on assumptions. You know, it's not exactly agency as much as things that usually work one way in role playing games or in other media as appropriate. But in role playing games, when things that usually you have a little more warning or you have a little more traditional thing, you know, in a horror game. Um, don't end up working that way, which is sometimes a surprise and also sometimes you're filled with dread because it's not a surprise, but you know that it's, you know, you know that this is going to be even a harder funnel, uh, for instance. Right. Um, I think, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to talk about, uh, wait, we've got a death stalker class in here. You've got some advice for tarot and I love your lycanthropy rules. <laughs> because you've got it, it's kind of similar to what they did with demons and dragons in the bestiary part of the uh, DCC book where sure. they've got all these different options you know uh, so you can sort of build you, you know you could even just randomly generate or you can just pick and choose or a little of both right. um, but that's really a good toolkit because uh, I was actually screwing around with trying to make some lycanthropies the other day. And I know that seems to be, am I wrong, Bob, or is that like actually a gap in the thing? They didn't, they don't have any lycanthropy stuff. Well, um, you haven't, you haven't read the dark tower stuff that's coming out where we had to fill in a lot of those gaps, but, but I, I totally just dig the, the Wolfman werewolf distinction because Wolfman's got nards. (laughs) It's got nards. Yeah. Nards. Uh, (sighs) Yeah. This entire zine just takes me so back into into so many wonderful movies and and wonderful tropes. That makes me. I thank you. That makes me so happy. (laughs) And and I will say, I will say also, Macabre has Mm. is the second zine we featured on the second Spellburner in a row that has a recipe in it. 
a God, right? You know, a, a, a actual true, true to lo- true to God. You know what I'm trying to say? A verified literal recipe, which um, I don't. Um, I'm still not sure of that microwave cupcake thing that Judge Phil had for us. If that's really doable or not, he says it was, but um, but I am sure that this is doable. The Moon Beast. Mm. You have a, a fancy drink for fancy people. I think this would come out in my gothic horror game that we would all have. You know, it's got gin, Cointreau, egg whites, uh, and stuff like that. Um, it's maybe kind of a different type of whiskey sour almost. Yeah. Yeah, a little. You got to freak people out with those egg whites. Yeah, right? And you <laughs> then you just put an eyeball down in the martini glass when you're yep. done. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Well, very good. Um no, I, I I quite like this scene. It, it's really, uh, you know, I read it um, a long time ago when it came out a couple years ago. And yeah, was, I want to say it was like COVID. It was like 2020. I just thought it was terrific. And uh, I remembered how much I liked it. So I wanted to yank it out for this episode. And then I realized I hadn't looked at it in two years. So I went back and got familiar with it. And I enjoyed it as much as I did the first time. So um, well done. Um, Thank you. It is, now, you know, there is a volume one <laughs> on the cover, so uh, 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 um, yeah, that was p- partially to uh kick myself in the rear to make more, um, right? You can't really escape that if it's right dead center on the, the, the werewolf skull on the front. Um, I have actually, I, I reached back out to Jogo, I had him, I commissioned him to do the artwork for the second volume. Uh, that is done. That's completed. I have it. Um, I don't right now. My, I have so many ideas. I actually think that I'm going to just go in a full box set sort of thing. I have like an idea wow. for a, again, so I'm thinking like each, each time you go to Necrovania, it's a different age of, of Necrovania. Um, so I have a setting, um, that I'm sort of cooking up, and it's just one of many possible settings that that could happen. Um, and I want to try to push that out as a as a box set is is really the crazy thing that I'm pushing myself towards right now. So I've got like five or six new classes. Um, I'm retweaking the Deathstalker. I'm gonna re put in a lot of stuff for uh, the tarot the rules and how you can use that for inspiration. Um, stuff is happening. <laughs> I just need to um, just need to get pen to paper and and kick myself in the butt and keep on pushing on. But there will and, be more. And you've got, if I remember correctly, when you're not when you when the moon is not full, um, and you are in your human form, you have some. There's some kind of YouTube channel or something. Yes. Yeah, so there is. That is another thing. Is uh, me and my buddy Kamo. We've decided to uh, we kicked off a, a YouTube channel called Basic Liches. Um, and that's been going strong for just over a year. We are just about to crack like 4,000 subscribers. So if anyone's listening and you want to go check that out, we do, we talk about everything. We've just recently done reviews for, uh, Dragon Bane for, um, we did like an unboxing and a review. I've, I've played that. If you haven't played Dragon Bane, I don't want to plug other things on this channel, but Dragon Bane's pretty dope. It's okay. Jen's not here. I mean, she's here, but she's not here. She's in the costume, so it's okay. Damn it, Julian. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, But we do reviews. We do, like, my whole thing is it's like, 
I want more people playing role playing games. I think they're great. Um, want to help out? Me and my buddy uh, Camo, we're just we're figuring it out. We've made a lot of mistakes along the way. YouTube's its own beast. It's it's really difficult. Video editing is a nightmare. <laughs> Takes up a lot of time, um, and that cuts into a lot of my writing time. But mm, yeah. um, I tend to push my. I, I tend to have my my a lot of fire uh, pokers in the fire. So. Uh, I will get more macabre out there. I'll get more Necrovania. I will do more basic liches and um, whatever anybody else wants from me. I'm I'm just oh, well, happy there, to be here. That sounds like a blank check. I'm going to take you up on that. Okay, <laughs> here's what I want from you. Here's what I want from the three of you. Uh, this is totally, speaking of unfair, um, I want you, uh, I want the three of you, please, let's, cl- we're going to wrap it up. First, I want um, some good horror advice to leave our listeners with and viewers with. And then after that, this is going to be the harder one, and you're going to hem and haw about picking one. But I want you to tell me your favorite, most awful DCC monster from any adventure. Can be yours, can be somebody else's, whatever. Don't care. Anything. So, uh, Judge Bob, I I like to I like this opportunity to pick on you. So I'm going to Judge Jen, Bob, Bob Jen. I'm gonna pick on you first. What give me some, give our viewers listener viewers slash listeners some really good horror advice. Know where your players' comfort comfort levels are and walk right up to them. You know, hit hit, hit them to those points where they they know what's going on. They don't like what's going on. You're not gonna scar someone, you're not gonna leave them traumatized unless they're game for that. But Hit those points. Body horror is always a great way to go. Thor, Thorin's done it. I've done it. I'm sure Stephen Wolf done it as well, right? Thing when when things are going wrong with your own body. <sighs> mm. I I will say on that. Uh, I noticed when I was looking over Obed the, um, the last will and testament of Obadiah Falkner earlier. Um, Stephen had a, which is a great adventure. We didn't even get to talk about it hardly at all, but, um, Stephen had a very, like a good, like content warning because that deals with real history and has things that might be, uh, dicey for people for all kinds of personal reasons that, no, you know, not that it was handled insensitively, but just could be tricky for folks. And I thought that was, if you're dealing with that kind of level of reality, that's an excellent point. Uh, Stephen, give us some good horror advice. Uh, so I'm going to, it's, it's one that I take to heart, but I also saw it in Wolf's zine, which is like hit him in the sheets. So anything that uh, permanently affects a character sheet. So like when I was mm. an AD and D guy, undead would steal levels and that terrified me. So, um, I have something like that in one of my adventures, but yeah, um, that puts real fear of loss into a person. Yeah, no, that's what that is a way to make your players scared for sure. Yep. Uh, yep. Wolf, hit me with some horror advice that's not in macabre, if we can. Sure. Um, I think the most important thing, really, in it's player buy-in. It's very simple, but like it's sort of the unwritten contract that, like, when we're all sitting down at this table, um, you are going to buy into the fact that we're playing a horror game. We're playing. Um, DCC, but this one's horror. Uh, that player buy-in, just just go for it. Just lean into it as a player. Help out your judge. That stuff, it just makes the session more like pleasurable for everyone at the table. 
and the judge just like lights up when you guys are like buying into it um get creeped out like allow yourself to just like be nerdy and sit around the table with your friends and just just completely and wholly buy into the experience um you'll get way more out of it i don't understand why more people don't do it they always want to like uh oh it's like in a, mo- a movie you can see the oh the zipper on the monster it's like you know don't look for that stuff <laughs> and um my other thing is with with monsters with horror and combat um i think of sailors i think of the leviathan um that's like a it's like a puzzle you can't really defeat that thing try to come up with bosses or big bads that are that are they're more combat puzzles where you have to use your brain rather than just your swords and spells. Mm-hmm. That stuff tends to um, right. It if freaks can, people out. If you can sort it, it's not really that horrible, right? Exactly. Or if you okay. sort it and it splits into another, you know. And and uh, speaking of limits and player buy-in, I heard a great piece of advice on Ken and Robin, which was that is Ken and Robin talk about stuff or whatever that podcast is that they do with legendary stuff, Ken Height and Robin Laws. But they said, if you're trying to figure out where your player's tolerance for the gory stuff is, have them narrate some of their own blood and gore and let them do it. And some can fade out and some can get really, um, you know, ugly with it. But let that, you know, let them have a role in it. It'll be just as awful, maybe more that they have to describe it. OK, um, Monsters. Judge Bob, you're up. Best or most horrible DCC monster. I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with Daniel J. Bishop's owl things, whatever they were called in Silent Nightfall, because I will never forget them and they creep the hell out of me. And uh, I'm also really partial to the swamp creatures in Night of the Bog Beast. Uh, they slap, when they slap you across the face and they leave that muck that then starts working its way into your mouth and into your sinuses. And it's you're suffocating, and when you remove it, it is tearing bits of flesh out with it. Hmm. I, I, uh, I, I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed that little bit of body horror. So you're my trying favorite to puke. that I've created, my favorite that I've played against. You're trying to puke too the whole time. So yeah. and puking no, very, very good, very good, uh, Judge Stephen. So I'm going to cheat. I'm going to go with an older monster, but it does appear in DCC, and that would be. I've been afraid of rot grub since I was a small child. That original first edition monster manual image has creeped me out for the last 40 years. Yeah. So they appeared in sailors and beyond, but um, rot grub. Yeah. Very solid. Wolf. I am going to go from Elzamon and the blood drinking box. I'm going to go with some of that pukes. Those little, those hairless cat things that follow you around. And if you roll that critical, oh, it's so good. Um, they vomit, I believe, right into your right into your mouth hole. Um, I love those things. Um, I'm gonna pick. I'm just gonna pick one that that I found in the last couple days. Um, as I was doing research and the horrible, toilsome thing of uh reading awesome content for Spellburn, but um, the corpse that Love built has all sorts of fleshy golem contraptions and stuff like that. Um. But it one and this is not a main part of this adventure by any means, which has all kinds of cool stuff in it. But the part where I get to the they're going over the moat, and the moat is guarded by these things called fleshy archer contraptions. <laughs> and they're if I recall, Stevie, you keep me honest, but if I recall, they're just like things that stand there and fire arrows, but they can't move, and somehow they're just animated. 
And I sort of put myself in like, what if you sort of had a dim spark of life and you were actually like had this sort of awareness that you're just rooted in place in the wind and rain waiting for people to come twice a year to, uh, to shoot arrows at them while you slowly disintegrate. And it was uh, it was pretty awful. It, even that that's just the most minor, you know, that's a, not a, a, a giant boss monster but anyway um horrible just moment and vision for me um as as i looked at that so uh, well done steven and that's actually a great example of what we were talking about with tone right in a normal dcc adventure they'd have some sort of weird kind of arcane name but it since it's a horror adventure it just starts with fleshy and goes fleshy. downhill from there right fleshy archer contraption yeah exactly well, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Um, thanks, Alana, for your patience. We've run a l- we started late. We ran a little over too. So, uh, Twitch Mistress, thank you uh, for your patience and your kindness. Um, I'm going to thank interject real quick. Yeah, can I, can I interject? I wanted to because you in the show notes you did want to put like a favorite adventure, and I did prep something. So, real oh, quick, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Gong Farmers Almanac. Daniel J. Bishop has something in here called Brides of Blood. I don't ever hear people talk about it, but it's an awesome little funnel. Um, it's got a vampire in there. It's really cool and horrific. Um, but I wanted to get that in there before we uh, before we signed mm. off. Okay. That's what he's doing, yeah. Yeah, that Bishop guy, he actually knows what he's doing and then some. So, yes, thank you for the call. Out. I will, I'll try to, fi- do you know which one that is? Uh, 2017 Gong Farmer. Okay, excellent. I'll try to dig that up and link it. So, thank you very much. Um, well, th- uh, with that, thank you, uh, Wolfmanzella, Wolfman Manzella, Wolfmanzella. Thank you very much. Thank you, Judge Stephen, f- for being an excellent guest host. Thank you, Judge Bob Jen, uh, for being a gracious host. And uh, thank you, B- Judge Bob, for all your help uh, behind the scenes in Spellburn. You've done some editing and some extracting and uh, splicing for us. Uh, and I really appreciate your help. Sure. So. Uh, an unsung hero of Spellburn, uh, thankless and moneyless. And well, we're all moneyless, but um, anyway, we appreciate you. Thank you, Judge Thorin, uh, our earlier guest. Uh, no thanks to the email crypt. May you rot in your crypt um, for all time. And uh, thanks as always to Glitter Wizard, Loot the Body, St. Karloff. Uh, and don't forget, we have a working email again, spellburnband at gmail com, gmail.com. Drop us some emails, and we have a special new judge announcement in our next episode. So uh, join us the last Monday of November, and we'll talk then. Game on. Wizard. Learn more at Glitter Wizard.